How will World War III, the Great Tribulation, affect you and your loved ones? What does the Bible have to say about it? What are the details? And why would anybody in their right mind want to start World War III? Do you know that ABC News said today that they believe that 150,000 Russians have already been killed, and probably the same amount for Ukraine in the Ukraine-Russia war? And who's supporting that financially? Well, the United States is. We supply weapons to both sides, seems to me. And they make money both ways. Well, those who are in it, like Halliburton, they make money. They know how to make money. They know how to start wars and cause trouble in the world. But that trouble is going to escalate out of control. And then what happens? There were, they're not the only producers. There's also Iran. There's also China, Russia, the Middle East. And if you want my opinion about what the Bible says, that's exactly where the crux of the matter will be in Saudi Arabia. In that area, that whole region is going to go up in smoke. We're going to see what the Bible says about that. And so we're going to go to several different scriptures to find out exactly what this is really all about. We're going to start in Isaiah 34:10 or 34 uh maybe verse 1 through 10 and we're going to see why World War 3 will start if it hasn't already. This is Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. I want to bring my listeners up to speed as to what's happening in our world. And though we may not agree, I want you to consider what the Bible has to say and what what we should be doing about it. So here we go, Isaiah 34. Do you know that there are nine places in the Bible that talk about smoke as the result of World War III? We're going to review those. I know you may have seen them before. But let's find out why they're going to do this, if we can. Isaiah 34 in the NLT, which is the New Living Translation. This isn't a paraphrase. It's a real translation. Starts out like this. Come here and listen, O nations of the earth. Let the world and everything in it hear my words. For the Lord is enraged against the nations. His fury is against all their armies. Not just one, not just the United States, not just Russia, 
not just China, etc., etc., he will completely destroy all their armies, dooming them to slaughter. Their dead will be left unburied, and the stench of rotting bodies will fill the land. Now, my listeners have heard me read this before, but we need to be reminded about it, especially because it may affect you in sooner rather than later. The mountains will flow with their blood. The heavens above will melt away and disappear like a rolled-up scroll. Now, why would it do that? Because of the smoke. And I always refer people back to one of the other places we're going to look at. Revelation 9, verse 2. So when we go there, we read these words. Well, verse 1, chapter 9, Revelation says, Then the fifth angel blew his trumpet, and I saw a star that had fallen to the earth from the sky. In my opinion, that's Satan. And he was given the key to the shaft of the bottomless pit. When he opened it, smoke, there's that word, that key word, smoke, poured out as though from a huge furnace, and the sunlight in the air turned dark from the smoke. And that's so meaningful to you and I because all the rest of the predictions about the end of the world hinge on that smoke. Now, if you were to go down a little bit to verse, uh, let's see, verse 17. In my vision, I saw horses and the riders sitting on them. The riders wore armor, as was fiery red and dark blue and yellow. The horses had heads like lions, and fire and smoke and burning sulfur billowed from their mouths. One-third of all the people on earth were killed by these three plagues, by the fire, by the smoke, and the burning sulfur that came from the mouths of their horses. Well, you can't breathe smoke. You're not going to be able to tolerate 160 degree temperatures during the day every day. And sulfur dioxide is deadly. It will kill you. One breath is all it takes. So this is something we need to really watch out for and see what we can do about it. Their power was in their mouths and in their tails, for their tails had heads like snakes and the power to injure people. But the people did not die because of these plagues. They still refused to repent of their evil deeds and turn to God. They continued to worship demons and idols made of gold, silver, bronze, stone, and wood, idols that can neither see nor hear nor walk. And they did not repent of their murders or their witchcraft or their sexual immorality or their thefts. And that's the last verse in that chapter, chapter 9, 
of Revelation. If you flip on back to chapter 14, verse 11, get this. The smoke of their torment will rise forever and ever, and they will have no relief day or night, for they have worshipped the beast in his statue and have accepted his mark, the mark of his name. That or This means that God's holy people must endure persecution patiently, obeying his commands and maintaining their faith in Jesus. Unquote. In Isaiah chapter 27, the, in that day, the Lord will take, this is verse 1, his terrible swift sword and punish Leviathan, the swiftly moving serpent, the coiling writhing serpent. He will kill the dragon of the sea. Dropping down to uh, verse 4. My anger will be gone and I will find or if I find briars and thorns growing, I will attack them. I will burn them up. Now, that's a reference to people that resist God. I will burn them up unless they turn to me for help. A bush can't do that. It's a human being. Let them make peace with me. Yes, let them make peace with me. The time is coming when Jacob's descendants will bud and blossom and fill the whole earth with fruit. See, God has the power to rescue even after World War III. We all think that World War III is the end of everything. Well, indeed, there's good reason to think that. But God is the rescuer. Now keep in mind, remember that Jesus himself said, that he would not come back until it is a time least expected. Now, where did he say that? Verse 22, Matthew 24. He said, well, let's see, let's back up to 21. For there will be greater anguish than at any time since the world began. First of all, that's a huge statement. The greatest time of trouble in world history, greater than World War I, greater than World War II, both of them combined, this will be worse. More people will die in World War III than ever before. From all the wars that have ever been fought, there will be more to die from this. Now, exactly why will they die? Well, because the earth is going to be shaken. Can you imagine? Well, let's just back up a, a second and talk about it. But we'll do that in a minute. I want to read verse 22. In fact, it will never be so great ever again. In fact, unless that time of calamity is shortened, not a single person will survive but it will be shortened for the sake of God's chosen ones. But Jesus doesn't return until after the Great Tribulation. It's not a pre-trib rapture that you can count on. There's nothing like that in the Bible, not in any of the Gospels. 
Instead, we find that that happens in verse 31. But in verse 29, listen to what it says. I'm just reading it for what it says. Immediately after the anguish of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will give no light. The stars will fall from the sky and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. That means the whole earth will be shaken. Where do you find proof of that? Let's go to Ezekiel 38. Verse 17 says, This is what the Sovereign Lord asks. Are you the one I was talking about long ago when I announced through Israel's prophets that in the future I would bring you against my people? But this is what the Sovereign Lord says. When Gog, G-O-G, invades the land of Israel, my fury will boil over. My jealousy and my blazing anger, I promised a mighty shaking in the land of Israel on that day. All living things, the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the animals of the field, the small animals that scurry along the ground, and all people on earth will quake in terror at my presence. Mountains will be thrown down. Cliffs will crumble. Walls will fall to the earth. I will summon my sword, or the sword, against you on all the hills of Israel, says the Sovereign Lord. Your men will turn their swords against each other. I will punish you and your armies with disease and bloodshed. I will send torrential rain hailstones, fire, and burning sulfur. That's just what we read in Revelation. In this way, I will show my greatness and my holiness, and I will make myself known to all the nations of the world. Then they will know that I am the Lord. What happens to make the earth shake like that, so that everyone on earth will not only fear God, but probably will die on account of it, or most of them will. You can't endure 30 days worth of earthquake. It's just, there's no way anybody's going to live through that, seems to me or even one whole day worth of it. We'd be all battered up and uh, just beat up from the quaking of the earth. Our walls, our rooms, our homes, our cars, our outdoors, all shaking. It will be horrible. And that leaves out the smoke and the heat and the other things Jesus predicted here. The sun will be darkened, the moon will give no light, the stars will fall from the sky. And I said before that that's probably not stars like our sun, but stars like the satellites that keep the internet alive. Those are coming down, folks. 
At least that's my opinion. They look just like the other stars, except they travel across the sky. Well, what happens when they fall? And I know, I think I know why they're going to fall. They're going to fall because they will lose the signal through the smoke. It can't get through the smoke to keep them up there because retro rockets are mounted on these huge train tracks in a circular uh, layout so that they can be accurately positioned to make uh, the radio signals go up and do course corrections to all of these satellites. There are engineers that do that every day. That's what they do. So when they can't do that because the smoke is blocking the signal, guess what happens? They fall. When they fall, they will enter the Earth's atmosphere once again and disintegrate into little pellets, BBs, if you will. When they hit a man, guess what happens? It'll hurt. (laughs) If it doesn't kill him, it'll hurt. So why would the Earth be shaken then? Well... Imagine an earth without a balance uh, anchor. Well, Antarctica is earth's balance anchor. It's the thing that holds, it's like a, uh, an anchor on a ship that holds it down. Well, if that were to melt because the temperature raises to 160 degrees a day, Uh, during the day every day, it'll melt and melt very quickly. When that happens, the whole earth will probably go out of balance and quake like crazy. God knows how to make that happen, and he knows how to make it stop. This is the thing we all have to keep in mind. Jesus Christ is the creator of the planet. He knows how to fix it when we mess it up. In verse 30, he says, Then at last, not at first, not in the beginning of the tribulation, but at last, the sign that the Son of Man is coming will appear in the heavens, and there will be deep mourning among all the peoples of the earth. Why will they be mourning? Because they're scared out of their wits by all the things that they see. The ocean is jostling back and forth, creating huge tidal waves, killing people, submerging islands. You know, it's going to be really scary in those days. They'll mourn because the sky is now black every day. There's no sunshine. They can't get drinking water. They can't get air. They can't get rain. The earth will no longer produce its crops. There's no food. So you take all of those things away, and we're in trouble to the point where there's no more hope. That's when Jesus will come back. Not when we expect him, but when we no longer expect him. So this is why we are being tested to find out how 
far we will go, how far will we endure with Christ, still believing, hopefully until we see him face to face here on earth. But most people on earth are going to give up hope. That's why they're mourning. But they will see this sign that the Son of Man is coming on the clouds or through the clouds with power and great glory. And that sign is the fact that he alone will be bringing light back into the world. He will dissipate that smoke and send it somewhere else. In other words, make it fall to the ground or make it go out into space or whatever. But he knows how to take care of that smoke. What's the smoke burning anyway? I mean, what's the fire that's causing the smoke burning? Well, it's burning oil. And where do you see that in Scripture, teacher? Well, go down to verse 9 in chapter 34 of Isaiah, and you read, The streams of Edom will be filled with burning pitch. I mean, how clear can you get? and the ground will be covered with fire. This judgment on Edom will never end. The smoke of its burning will rise forever. So that's exactly why. It's burning that oil that we just read about in chapter 9, verse 2 of Revelation. It's very clear. And where is this at? Where is Edom? Well, it's Saudi Arabia. It's that area where Basra is. In verse uh, 6, for example, the Lord, the sword of the Lord is drenched with blood, covered with fat, the blood of lambs and goats, the fat of rams, and I believe this is referring to army men, not animals. Yes, the Lord will offer a sacrifice in the city of Basra. There's a Basra in Iraq. He will make a mighty slaughter in Edom, even as men, as strong as wild oxen will die, the young men alongside the veterans. The land will be soaked with blood and the soil enriched with fat, for it is the day of the Lord's revenge, the year when Edom will be paid back for all it did to Israel. And now you know why. Now, why would Iran, for example, attack Saudi Arabia? Have you ever heard of Neom? N-E-O-M. It's a straight-line city that they're currently building. It looks like a road they're cutting through the desert. It's a long one. It's like, I think they said 600 kilometers, whatever that means in, in miles. But they're trying to build this two-story, at least, I think it's more like 10-story, double-sided building all through that desert land and creating a one-world government that has this as their headquarters. At least that's what I've understood. It may not happen. They've been planning this since 2017. It's now 2023. So they are trying to build it. Do you think that the Sunnis will not get conquered or 
at least damaged by the Shiites? The Shiites are Iran. Iran is backed by none other than Russia. They have a fairly large and powerful army. They have more nuclear weapons than the U.S. Well, the U.S. is backing the Sunnis, not the Shiites. And they hate one another to the point where the Shiites are saber-rattling even now against the Sunnis. Yes, they're all Muslims, but one's fundamentalist and the other one's liberal. We're with the liberal guys. We back them, but we'll be getting ourselves in real trouble this time. Anyway, in verse 31, he says, and this is Jesus, he will send out his angels with the mighty blast of a trumpet, and they will gather his chosen ones from all over the world, from the farthest ends of the earth and heaven. So you see, Jesus has this. He knows what to do to restore the earth, bring it back to life. Don't lose hope, even if the world starts to turn black. It's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen maybe in my lifetime. I don't know when it's going to happen. I do know that it will happen because Jesus himself said it would. He's not a liar. And you can count on it. And you can count on his return just like you can count on the rising of tomorrow's sun. It will happen. There are some 300 prophecies in the Old Testament about the first coming of Christ. And it happened. About his death, burial, and resurrection. Do you know that nobody goes to heaven when they die? I know this is a a shock to many people. And to throw it in here, Well, it's needful because of the resurrection. That resurrection is what we all should be counting on. And because Jesus did rise from the dead, we too will also rise from the dead, even if we die before he comes back. And who knows? It could happen to me or anybody. But the resurrection will happen at his coming. It's not before that. Just check out 1 Corinthians 15, 21 through 23. Well, in verse 20, he says, and this is Paul speaking to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 15, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. Verse 21, so you see, just as death came into the world through a man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man, that would be Jesus. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given a new life. But there is an order to this resurrection. You see, we all come up at the same time. Christ was raised as was or as the first of the harvest, then all who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. Not at the time of death. No. We don't go to our reward then. And when we resurrect, we'll be on earth 
will not be in the heavens someplace, not in the sky, not on a cloud, none of that. But it's when he comes back, not before. After that, verse 24, the end will come when he will turn the kingdom over to God the Father, having destroyed every ruler and authority and power. For Christ must reign until he humbles all his enemies beneath his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. For the scriptures say, God has put all things under his authority. That would be under Jesus' authority. So why shouldn't we give up hope? If you turn over to the 21st chapter of Revelation, we read these words starting in verse 3. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. Well, this is Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. Yes, there are some very scary, traumatic times ahead, but not in the next few years, probably. So, trust in God. You can go to my website, itellwhy.com, and learn more. So, until next time, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in today, and keep looking for Jesus. He is our only hope.